Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. you know, early punk rock, very simple verse chorus. Like, it's, it's a really funny mess of songs. Well, what's interesting also is the title, if the spirits are willing. Like, like you guys always sort of had this, in my opinion, once again, this is just an outsider's perspective, almost like a poetic thing kind of happening, like, with, like, titles and stuff like that. I, I don't know. Like, like even, like, the cover of, like, the first record that, that, that was on con- conversion, just that... I mean, I'm going to say Xerox, but it wasn't Xerox, but the whole, like, black and white and you got, like, is that, I've always wondered, is that you guys by the tree on that thing, or no? Uh, that's Duncan and Andy. So okay. Andy Tinsley was what was our, you know, our long-term friend and was a roadie through all of those endpoint days. It probably helped get us to where we were, uh, but he was, like, the, the guy that was always a part of the band but didn't play an instrument. So, yeah, it was, it was two uh, up on a tree. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So now that first that first record in 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 a time of hate, um, what do you remember about recording that? That I I think that record still sounds great. To like 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 you know how and, and the reason why I say still is there's there's like I think for a lot of people there's like this tendency to like look look back and like. And, and then look at how things are now. But like to me, like that record sounds like when I think of hardcore, and I think of that time, like that is hardcore. And I, I just think it sounds great. What do you remember about recording that? What? And then I, I have some more questions about it, but I'm just wondering, like, what was it like doing that that record? And were you already on conversion, or did conversion come later? So we were already on conversion. So we had done a, we were on the, the comp, right? Thousand Voices comp. Okay. Um, and then Dennis, I remember Dennis coming to Cleveland. We recorded it at Mars Studio up in Cleveland. And I remember it was, what wasn't at that, at, it was a weird, ex, it was a weird experience. Again, Duncan is really great for some of these real specific details, but like the guy was, the guy that ran the studio wasn't that nice. Like he was kind of like, I don't know. He was kind of disinterested and, and was we were, we kind of weren't in our mojo, but we were, we were, but we were really excited about it. I mean, it was like, wow, we're on a label in California, you know? And like, and I remember the first time I'd ever had falafel. Uh, we, I think we had just become vegetarians and maybe I was, I was 17. So I was maybe a year old or so, but we, you know, we didn't know what we were eating. And for the first time, uh, uh Dennis took us out for a uh, falafel, and I remember we're like, ah, oh, falafel, ah, oh, you know, but, um, it, so I remember that about the trip. I remember, um, 
we were kind of finding who we were at that moment. You know, it's a, as you said, it's a very hardcore record. You know, yeah. we kind of like, oh, this is what it should sound like right now. Um, we were experimenting with a little bit of social justice or kind of more issues. I mean, some of the songs are personal, but things like Black Skies and stuff are about the environment. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what I remember about it. it. You know, we were just so young and we were so excited about it. And we were just, that was that record helped us connect. I mean, we played Middlesex, New Jersey right after that. And it was like, that was kind of like our, I feel like that was our big like East Coast breakthrough show. And like, uh, I always loved this story. I remember we, we rolled up, people were like, who are these guys? You know, we look like a bunch of Kentuckians and kind of flannels and jeans. Everybody there was like, like, like really nice, like hardcore shirts and, in New Jersey, so there's kids with tracksuits, hoodies, and like what you know, and high and um, tight hair, and yeah. And then uh, Andy Tinsley, that's our Andy, the part of the band, rolls out a big old um, um, dolly in the middle. Of, we had just written, and I think this is right time wise, but Catharsis is getting ready to come out. We had a song on that called Cast that people liked a lot. And, and Andy was just the baseball bat, where it's like dun dun down, he's just slamming it with his. And people were just like, what the, you know, but, but then we played Black Skies and some of the, like the things that were on that comp and kids just rushed the stage. It, it was, uh, so that was a really like, wow, experience for us. Like what is happening? I mean, things were really cool and Louisville. We had really kind of grown, had an amazing scene here, but you know, we were just nervous to go to the coasts and we felt like underdogs. And so it was a cool time. Now you, you called your next record Catharsis. Was that by design? And I and I and I asked that because like there's a, you you started singing differently. Like like it it, it became like like it, it's still hardcore, but like you know different. And that's why when you were said earlier about flip your wig and who's could do and all that stuff, like what like how does that come about in terms of like you know you're starting off and you're singing hardcore. Like I'm 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 sorry. You're singing hardcore songs, and then it changes. Like, uh, and I'm glad that I can ask you this. What happened for you? And do you just think that's something that kind of happens a lot with singers of this kind of music, where they start like you know, look at look at Ray Capo, look at Pat Dubar. Look, I mean, I would say Siv, but Siv always was kind of the hybrid. So. Yeah, sorry, it's a long-winded question, but... No, man, it's a good question. So, you know, I think that it, if you listen at a time of hate, I mean, we're definitely emulating our, the influences. I mean, there's a song on there called Fairweather, which is the total, like, script, you know, Pat Dubar. You say you're a for the chat. Like, I mean, we were just, like, pulling things together, but I think that we were in, you know, we were following a model which kind of helped elevate us, I think, to this, not elevate, but kind of uh, get us focused and people were interested in what we're doing. And then we just kind of started like going back to what kind of what we wanted to do. And those records came at a time when we were all just like, you know, we were early uh, young adults, just frazzled. Um, and that we were going through all sorts of emotional things I and mean, it was a very weird time for relationships i was really depressed from the first endpoint tour which maybe was 91 or 92 in europe man i was just like down and so a lot of the songs were kind of uh about that and so there 
it, it's a weird re- record to listen to now because it just is weird. It doesn't sound like other things, I don't think. But it's um, I still like playing a lot of those songs because they come from a very personal place. And so, yeah, I think we were just kind of finding ourselves. And, and in that, you know, we were struggling. And so um, I, I think that's the big change. And so that whatever, however I sang was a little bit more reflective of how I kind of how I felt, you know, I just wasn't necessarily trying to be anyone else. I was just doing, you know, what I, I was feeling a little bit better about just being who I wanted to be in that as a singer. I'm yeah. still like, you know, and this, I'm not saying this to recruit reinforcement. Like I still hate my voice, but I still enjoy like, I'm like, Oh, you know, it's somehow I still get to do it. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No one's stopping you. No one's saying, no, 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 don't do it. But one, one, another thing I remember about you, you guys, and about you in particular, and I, I actually carried this with me in little ways when I would when I toured after that. Um, do you remember the jacket that you would wear on stage? And I remember you, it was a jacket that you told me about. You wore every night that you guys played so that you could get gross in it while you were playing. And then you would take it off and you would only wear it while you were playing. Do, does this at all ring a bell? You know, it kind of does now. Was that was it that old like? It was like blue '90s gas station jacket. Yep. Those kind of bluish gray. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always yeah. remembered that because I was like, I was talking to you about it, and I was like, I was like, okay, wait, I'm trying to figure out, are you wearing the same thing every night? And you're like, look, dude, this is this is what I'm what I'm doing. I don't want to be to be getting like I think you were like, look, we're on tour, we can only do laundry so much, blah 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 blah. Yeah. This is my jacket to like get gross in and then I'm done with it and then I and then I, you know. And then yeah. how did you guys cause you guys were on conversion, how did you guys get on doghouse? Like like what was the like was it just hey, kinda like, you know, we're gonna do another record, we're gonna do catharsis. Doghouse, they found you, you found them. No, I absolutely cannot remember. I know <laughs> that um, Dirk and those guys used to come down to Louisville, the majority of one guys. And so they were starting to develop this own little, you know, it's like there were the Split Lip Kids. There were, there were like a lot of bands now that were kind of in this little Midwest area. And I think that we just gravitated towards that kind of Midwest community, I think. Um yeah, I mean, I, that's so weird. I, I should ask Duncan. That's one of those things like, huh, nobody's ever, I don't know if anybody's ever asked me how we switched to that. But yeah, I don't I don't completely recall. Because it's just, there was always like, and you were on Doghouse like in the early, early days of that of that label. Because I'm, I'm saying like they went, yeah. you know, they, they, they continued. And, and it's interesting the kind of bands that they put out. Because you guys were sort of, to me, sort of like a template for that. Even though, you know, you guys started, you were doing hardcore, but, and you guys stayed hardcore. That's the thing is, I'm not trying to make it seem like you guys got away from hardcore. Because lyrically, and, 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 and musically, but it just, you were singing, you know, it just, like, like you said, I, it seems like over time, you just got more and more comfortable just being who you were doing this stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, it, like, you didn't ask this, but you know, I, I I love. There's a couple songs I love to death on the third record. I guess technically the fourth record. Is uh, that aftertaste? Aftertaste, yeah. 
And I love that record, but I also was, you know, at that place, I, I wish I would have done that differently as well. Cause that record, there was some things like, I think I was feeling pressure. And so I was, I, you know, I, I, I look back at that over and over. I like the songwriting. I like the lyrics. Um, I like the, the placement, but I don't like my vocal performance because I, I felt that I was like, I don't know. There was, that was, that was the, uh, probably around the end point prime, I think. And so mm-hmm. I thought there were all these expectations on me and I hated recording. Now I don't mind the studio at all, but I used to like, just be like so stressed out and yeah. And were you saying that that was like expectations that you brought on yourself or, or were they external? I mean, you, you don't have to say yeah, specifics. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. Well, and they were a result of external pressures as well. You know, it's like you don't, you know, when I think this happens with a lot of us and I, and I think I was, I don't know. I think I was fortunate. I don't, I, I'm sure there were times when I was a, a butt, but I, 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 I tried to be good to people, but you know, you're in this place where you're, you're a nerd little kid, right? And then suddenly within you know it, you're playing shows and there's, first there's a hundred and there's 500, and there's a thousand people at your shows and you're just like, uh, uh-huh. and I, you know, really cared about what people thought, you know, to, to my detriment probably. And, and, um, I remember when Endpoint broke up, I was so sad, but also relieved. Like I was just like, ah, oh, you know, like it was, it was such a weird time but yeah i think that i just uh, um i don't know i just wanted to do <laughs> do well with the record i was like oh i was listening i was really good friends with my friend peter searcy who was in squirrel bait and big wheel and he's saying you know he i was hanging out with him a lot he sings a lot more and i was like i probably you know i don't know i still listen to that record though and there's songs i love but the record overall is like i just wish i would have let go more 